good people of Los Angeles. Tonight on the FC, FC, FEC, FEC pod, we've got none on earth. Then, Sue, Jen, from TSG fame. Uh, you may know her from the North End. You may know her from her time with Chelsea Blues. You may see her around town gallivanting uh, with Wanger Out signs and breaking my heart <laughs> one day at a time. Um, tonight, we talk about a lot of things, you know, classic football, football first memories. We talk about the future of the women's game here, and we, of course, go over the trip to Portland uh, that these guys took and sort of <coughs> the culture of, of Portland soccer city, as they call themselves, and how, to, how it felt. We talk about a lot of stuff. You guys know what it is. If you listen to this pod, you know what it is. We know you're in traffic. We know you got a long drive. We're just happy to be there to provide a little tea, a little conversation. Slam hit him with the warning. Before the warning, I just wanted to give a little shout out and thank you to all the people. Not all the people. There are only a few of you that went ahead and uh, left us another review and comment uh, on the, the iTunes page. Um, I'm actually going to read one of them. Dweez's favorite here from Fonzie. It goes, really good podcast. When I first started listening, I was a little skeptical that I'd remain engaged. I was wrong. These guys have a really good dynamic going on. Their conversations and interviews flow naturally. Nothing seems scripted or forced. That's because nothing is scripted or forced. Maybe it's the Henny. No, it's got to be the T. Keep the episodes coming. I look forward to listening during my commute to and from work. Go LAFC. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is all just a giant ploy for me to infiltrate the tea as the Trojan. Soccer's the Trojan horse to get everybody to drink more tea. We just talk about tea. And all of us just become tea heads. This tea tarts. Whatever take. you guys want to call it. This is your weakest <laughs> That was pretty take. trash. I so tea, I'm going to go ahead and ask. We want to keep hearing what you guys think of the pod. Um, if you want to shit on us, don't. We're only looking for good stuff here. Come see Sam in person. <laughs> Sam, Sam, will read, Sam will read another one. Uh, off on. Yeah, and I'm still waiting for DMs and and voicemails. Like, reach out to us, ask us questions. We want to engage with you guys. And on that note, as usual, we are in the backyard of Dweez's place at Expo Park. There are cats fighting, um, <laughs> dudes listening to to old black people music in their car outside, helicopters and planes flying over. Mm. I do have a potty mouth. And I will be using it throughout this episode. So if you're at work or around kids and you don't want them to hear it, don't listen. Oh, fuck you. FCFC. <laughs> FCFC pod where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. I am your fat gout ridden host, Slim. Uh, sitting across from me is young old Dweezy. Yo. To my left is Asian Jesus, Chubby Lee Nguyen. Asian Jesus. <laughs> Josh Spice is in the house. And today we have a very special guest. You might know her as like the head tigress. Um, she's the one that cracks the whip on whoever she feels needs the whip to be cracked on. 
and who cracks the jokes on whoever needs to be banned. Hey, <laughs> shout out, Rich. The <laughs> famous Twitter troll. Number two to LAFC Wander. Jesus Christ. Very special guest, Miss Sujin Lee is in yeah. the house tonight. Yeah. Hey, cheers. Cheers. And we got gin and tonic tonight. Hey. It Jeez. must be summer? No, it must be alcohol changes with whatever our fucking guests want. Alright, that's fair. Because <laughs> Hennessy is yet to such the fucking pot. Come on. <laughs> Shout out Alex who actually reached out to Hennessy on LinkedIn and was like, hey, you guys want to sponsor <laughs> <laughs> You guys want to sponsor this pot? Yeah. Yo, thanks, True. Alex. You're yeah. the best, man. Let's, let's just go with the question that we've been loving lately. Yep. I think that it's interesting. Anyone you ask this to has a different answer. I'm interested to hear what Suze is going to be. What's your first football memory? Uh, my first football memory. It's weird because there's a picture of me when I was maybe like a year and a half, and I have a football in my hand. I have like the ugliest boy bowl cut. Yes. But whenever I see that picture, I can like visually remember where I was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like a field like this, like right on the lawn and I'm just like kicking the ball back and forth and it's like how could I possibly remember that memory but it's just kicking that ball like smelling the grass I can visually see myself within that picture was it here do you know where the no it was, was in taken? Costa Rica actually oh. As I was born in San Jose Costa Rica oh hey, you see how she rolled that out right there <laughs> she ain't playing pura vida pura vida, pura vida. Wait. Ever since then, I feel like soccer has always been part of my life in one way or another. Like I, I played when I was a lot younger, and then I stopped because I don't think I was technically gifted in any way. But even then, like I still wish I, I still played. I had no idea you grew up in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't grow up too much in Costa Rica because I came here when I was two. But then I still have family there, so ever so often I would go back and forth. What is Costa Rica's? football world like I actually went to Costa Rica recently and saw nothing <laughs> because I was there for a bachelor party which I won't get into yeah. uh, but I didn't get to see like much of the football culture I know Marco obviously and like plenty of like great players Brian Ruiz the history of like Costa Rican soccer but like it's small I feel like it's not as crazy as maybe some of the other Central American Latin American countries um but, I mean, when World Cup comes around, I think people get really, like, proud of their national teams. There are leagues there. Like, Saprisa would be the team that I would follow. I just haven't followed them in years. It's like a purple dragon, so <laughs> I chose that team because it's a purple dragon. Um, like Barney. Well, nice. it's like the whole ADA dragon thing. I just Oh, shit. Barney's them. a dragon. Wait, what is he? No, he's, he's a, a dinosaur. Yeah. He's a dinosaur. Stupid. You might Sam, this dragon. has been Sam's, Sam's tip recently. It's trying to <laughs> be a little more intelligent. Though, so <laughs> he doesn't have wings. So he can't be might right. he have small painted wings on the back that we just haven't looked at? I think so. I think we're going to go with that. Or <laughs> might, he have, might he have clipped Sam's his wings and come down to earth with right, mortals? We're not going to yes. talk about Barney for a bunch of guys. <laughs> Let's proceed. No, so like when you go back to visit your family, does your family like ride hard for Saprisa or like the Costa Rican national team? Or it's, it's, I feel like I'm in a weird position where it's like... Because I'm Korean, I'm supposed to follow my Korean national team. But then because I was born in Costa Rica, it's like I have like this affinity for Costa Rica, but I think most Koreans will always go for their national team, which is Korea, regardless of where they are. Unless you're born in Brazil or Argentina. 
those Koreans stick with Brazil or Argentina because they're good. Yeah, yeah. they're good. Well, that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, pretty, I mean, it's pretty easy to. I always think to like think about the loyalties, right? Only because if you just picture these two teams playing for, who do you root for? Korea. Yeah, there it is. Simple as that. Who do you root for in the Olympics? Korea. Never a USA tie. You about you? What about, a, gym, what about Yeah, you. What about I a mean, Korean American competing? Oh, I mean, oh, I fucked oh, with Christian oh, Maguchi <laughs> and Michelle Kwan back in the day. We, we talking about Chloe? Chloe Kim. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh yeah, yeah, we got a little Chloe now. <laughs> but yeah. Chloe's older sister. That, I mean, that's a stupid story to tell. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. What? No, 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 no. It's really. I just said it in my head, and I was like, ah, just, does she have an older sister? <laughs> she has an older sister who used to work at my friend's like SAT hotline. That's so my crazy. friend, my friend met her before she blew up. Damn! All the commercials that make it seem like she's the only child. Hey, <laughs> shout out to Ryan Walerson who also met her before she blew up and wrote a profile about her and said she was gonna blow up and then she went and won the Olympics. Mm. This is the one thing about I don't feel like I don't get enough credit for. Let me talk about me for a second. Yeah. <laughs> one of your hosts here, Josh, makes all the graphics for FCFC and for Ryan's episode. I did a beautiful montage of the Yankee Stadium but on the giant mega screen I have I put the picture of Ryan and Chloe Kim <laughs> on the mega screen so go check the Instagram I've never even noticed that, that. I thought y'all, did you I, notice that? no were you waiting for somebody to say something? <laughs> yeah and nobody yeah. brought it up <laughs> well once they saw the New York shit we didn't want to look at it did you spend more time on it and were more creative because it was New York? Of course, of course. I looked up, I looked up like the the different typeface for the New York. You're so fake. Look at me looking like Dennis' dad over here. Oh man. So that was your first childhood memory. Like, did you follow football like somewhat religiously like throughout your life? From there? No, I think it like it waned. It waned a bit, um, and then. Coming here, growing up here, it's like the sport to follow is basketball. So I, like, I dove, dove into like the Lakers, like Kobe Bryant, yep. and then um, obviously baseball. Like baseball is something that I used to watch with my dad a lot. And when they had Puck Channel, I was like, my dad was interested in spending some time yep. with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was baseball. Um, so I remember like watching games with him, listening to Vince Scully, and but then it was like. Because of a boy, I started watching the Premier League. Because <laughs> there was a boy. Oh shit! <laughs> Wait, it was a boy. It was he was a Liverpool fan. So that's how it it, it, uh, it all started. You know that was not meant to last. Oh, yeah. So you knew. So you used to date scumbags. You knew you. <laughs> Never did. I had a crush on him, and I thought, oh man, I'm gonna be the cool girl and watch soccer with him. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. So but you also knew that you couldn't like tie yourself to the team that he liked because you know if anything goes wrong well it's it, and you want to like you want to yeah, like, yeah. flirt by rooting it's against that word team. that i'm like, obsessed with is like negging right like <laughs> you, you go totally opposite of what you you want such in a the career outcome. moment over here <laughs> <laughs> so it's it. like it's like oh i'm gonna go opposite your team but then it was also the team was playing in blue so i was like oh my favorite color so like the how, dodgers yes so that's how it started and it started in that game, the it was 2003 the, end of the season? End of the season, it was Chelsea versus Liverpool. And that game was... I didn't realize the magnitude of that game at the time. It was just like, oh my god, I just hope this blue team wins because I kind of want to rub it in his face, and then whatever. And sure enough, they won that game, and... So if people listening are Chelsea and Liverpool heads, Liverpool needed to win that game. They were level on points and goal difference. No, uh, Chelsea was ahead on goal difference going into that game. Whoever won, basically, was going to make it to the Champions League. Mm. 
little did most people know that behind the scenes, Roman Abramovich was looking at which team he was going to buy. And had Chelsea not made the Champions League and won that game 2-1, maybe he would have never bought the team. Is that right? Okay, wow. He could have bought Spurs. Rich's life could be much different. Much, (laughs) much, much different. So can you give give us a little history? I mean, you and Dewey's both just about, like, what that Chelsea team looked like before Roman bought the team. It was actually not bad. Like, people think, oh, Chelsea are, like, after Roman. Because their crest was trash, by the way. The crest. The one with the lion on it? Trash. Oh, the, like the CFC and the yeah, lion. Yeah. I didn't like that one because it's like Millwall had the same lion. And right. Just like and, they, and they actually would have, if they would have just drawn, they would have gone They would have still, yeah. But, but the second goal kind of put the game like, to bed. Just nail in the coffin. And I was just like, oh my God, this was, I just, I remember. I was just like in his face about it. Where were you watching it? It was at, it wasn't even like live. It was like. The Whoa. take delay thing, because at the time it's like you can't watch everything live. Yeah. So how'd that work out? I don't think he talked to me ever. Really. <laughs> <laughs> the last time you ever saw him? Um, no, I would see him around at school, but it was just like, what? How old was I? I was like literally, like eighth grade. Oh wow. Yeah. We yeah. went to a different high school, so it, it like didn't. I was like wondering what pub you were at, but it's no, like no, no, no. It was at the <laughs> this was in two thousand three, bro. Yeah, it was, was a while back. Fifteen years ago. Sixteen years ago. Damn, I just thought she was like closer to my age. I just realized how old I am. Fuck. You're old as fuck. Okay, Sam, 86. 85. Staying alive. Uh, No, so that's really funny. And shout out to Tiny, who also gravitated towards Chelsea because of the Dodgers colors. If I don't want to tell his story wrong, but I think he entered a FIFA tournament at work and they had to pick a team and he didn't know what team to pick and he just saw the blue and white team that was kind of good. And he's like, ah, sure, them. And then obviously now Tiny's. Huge, hey, huge Tiny. Guy. I miss to you. Tiny. Fuck you. <laughs> Come back. It's crazy how much FIFA will play into, like, especially an American understanding of global soccer, you know, global football. I think that's how it starts for a lot of people. Right. Like, I meet a lot of people, and they're like, oh, I just chose this team, and I stuck with them for life. Well, think about it, man. Like, aside from those very few people who might be first-generation European immigrants mm-hmm. here, like, almost no one has a direct connection right. to any of these teams, right? So you're picking them on one of, like, several reasons. Um, and FIFA, because of, of its popularity, I think, is, like, probably pretty high on the list. Right. Yeah. yeah. And being a... What was the word you used? A negging? You were negging? Was negging is probably somewhere on that list. <laughs> <laughs> going, against, going against the grain. Um, anyone who probably has cheered for Tottenham ever would be... Would be someone who's coming from that world. <laughs> Rich. Um, so spiteful. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying, man. No, nah, we're not talking about you. We're talking about her relentless ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's just killing this one. No, there's just a, there's just a very like. Oh yeah, no, you, you guys' banter is, has been ongoing since and, we and first started getting to know each other. Where does this level of distaste for Tottenham come for from? Tottenham come from? Okay. I mean, Arsenal and Tottenham have, like, a whole other history, but for me, like, it's a personal thing. It's dealing with the L.A. Spurs fans here. They are probably one of the worst people <laughs> you can deal with. That's a little harsh to say because through LAFC, I've met a couple Spurs fans, and they're really nice. LAFC uh, has certainly brought down a lot yes, of orders. Yes, they, they have <laughs> brought English loyalties. But 
it was just like I've had I had an encounter with them and it was just one of the worst encounters and I'm like oh I don't like them at all. What do you think that that kind of that dickheadedness comes from for, for them? <laughs> it's just like it's because their team was never you know. So qualified. they actually have a large um, expat community here. Tottenham fans who moved to LA. Yeah, there's gotcha, a, gotcha. a lot of them make up this fan base here, and <clears throat> they always have a chip on their shoulder. I think they're just very bitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they brought over that from the old country yeah, to beautiful Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I understand that Tottenham and Chelsea don't have a great history to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. Chelsea does have a very dark whole hooligan past, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it hasn't really healed, I'm sure. The Premier League grips. <laughs> yeah, Savagery. They're like, I read a bunch of books, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is the team that I chose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, onward, onward. <laughs> but they're, like can't focus on that. I think I've met amazing people through Chelsea, but... But I think but I think your banter, I mean, I don't know about the, the Tottenham side of this, but Sue's got an ill banter game, all right? She oh, got, yeah. She got hilarious. I still miss Arsene Wenger for Arsenal, right? I still, like, want him... Want, I was one of these people who was never willing to let him go. Mm-hmm. But the first away game ever, I, I think, like, one of my first memories, if not my only memory of Sue from that, like, game... <laughs> She was she was with oh, the, yeah. the other the other oh Chelsea fans. I think before what was it Chelsea versus it was City? Man City yeah. yeah we lost uh, that game we watched at the Georgian Dragon in Seattle and then we all went to the game and I remember looking up at one point and Sue's lifting up the sign and it doesn't say like like Carlos Vela or like Leti Blessing or like anything that was relevant to LAFC it said Wenger out. And then it said and then it said Wenger in on the other side and like I was just like man. That girl, she's got she's got the banter game. Like, she's gonna she's gonna carry it with her, and I like that. Hey. I, you know, I can't even I can't even get mad about it. It's crazy because um, like I think this is where I've really grown to respect the differences in people because like I get so weak from Twitter and anything like I'm going back and forth from like Twitter beef. It's like I can't I I don't I never win from Twitter. You know, I never feel good about even if like I feel like I have a better argument. Fuck that! I feel great. Same like you, what you said. Sue fucking feeds Sue off loves this, that man. Shit. It's her fuel, and the fact that she she knows exactly where to poke someone until they have to respond, and then they they fucking blow it up, and then she just destroys them. Like it's surgical how how good she is at banter. And surgical. I think Twitter is the medium of choice no, for her. The difference between Sue and I is that Sue, it's on all the time, right? Me, I have to be in a bad mood. <laughs> Like, I have to be pissed off about something, then boom, I log on to the TSG Instagram, and I just go around shitting on everybody. And, like, I do that for about an hour. <laughs> and then after that, I don't even, I stop looking at the replies, I go back onto my account, and I just feel fucking amazing. So, <laughs> so after, after that hour and Sam logs out, I have to deal with all the replies <laughs> back, and that's kind of how the fuck this word relationship so, works. Yeah, I, like, text Josh and be like, yo, I went in tonight. <laughs> But Sue, like, see, like, our Instagram is a two-man thing. Mm -hmm. Sue runs that Twitter like a boss for us. The TSG one is nice. I get along with everybody. It's my personal Twitter account. That's true. Who wants to get destroyed today? No, no, I've calmed down a lot. I feel like Twitter was a lot more fun back then. I feel like now it's just too many people. Don't show your age, Sue. Back then, back then when? Um, like... Chelsea days? Yeah, like... Before LAFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then. Now it's just a lot of people just whining and complaining, and I just can't, I can't deal. Okay, so just bringing it back full circle, you watched this game with the guy that you're 
quasi-feeling, and you decide, all right, Chelsea's my team, and I'm you start gonna, following this I'm team. I'm going to follow it as much as I can. Like, back then, t- 2003 and on, it was just so hard to really follow them because social media didn't really exist. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of wait on my, like, dial-up computer, like, wow. to see what the result was, like, the next day, or if... Did the challenging... Did, did, did how challenging it was to follow them make it more appealing? It made it a lot more fun. Like, you know, like, it's like Christmas. You wake up the next day, and you're like, who won? Who won? Who won? <laughs> and that, like, waiting, I think it's, it's brought a lot of patience because nowadays it's, like, instantaneous. Like, you get notifications about these teams that you follow. But back then it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Who won? Who won? Or if I was really, like, bold enough, if I had friends who could, like, drive me to, like, the Fox and Hounds and we could watch the de- tape-delayed games. Because that's how it was done. Like, they would tape the game for you, and you would watch it. Wow. What, like, what time would they play for everybody? Oh, uh, like, at a decent hour. I, I, don't, see, I, I see. don't think they opened early back then, right? I don't think so, either. Yeah. But then the whole different t- Yeah, the TV game, the TV rights changed all yeah. that, because now we have it at our disposal. We don't... I'm sure that's somewhere in the book that I let you borrow. I, it was that, <laughs> I know. That whole book was about the TV deals and how much Which richer book? these clubs were. The club? Were. It's about all the billionaires that got together to, like, change the course of Premier League TV rights history. Cause, and it's kind of sad because all the bottom teams don't benefit off of it as much as, like, the top six does. But shout out Lester for making it backfire. Hey. That was a really great year. So did it just ramp up like slowly, 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 or was there a key moment where you took it to like, okay, like this is fun, this is great to have the Christmas morning every once in a while, to where to where you became, at one point, the president of the LA Blues, right? Yeah, that didn't happen till maybe 2015 because someone else was already in charge of it. Um, when when did the when did the LA Blues start? Uh, they first started as the South Bay Blues, I believe, in like two thousand seven, mm-hmm. two thousand seven, and then they because they were part of the Orange County Blues, and then it was just kind of broke off to start their own chapter because OC and LA are like totally far apart. Um, and then South Bay don't attract as many people, so you have to call it the LA Blues, and then they reformed as the LA Blues and. I found them through Twitter, mm. and they are like they were part of a bigger like coalition called Chelsea in America. Like I know Arsenal in America have is it mm. Arsenal America or mm. they have that where it's like all the different chapters from across the country, and I just got plugged in like that was like after the Champions League because it was kind of sad that I watched one of Chelsea's greatest moments. Not with anybody that I really knew, but that was the start of something great, and I got to meet all these people, and there's nothing that really brings people together, like having a common team, mm-hmm. a different So after that, after that, you're like, you just started to get to know everybody better, and you go more, and you get I would get go more to games, involved. yeah. We used to go to, like, the first place we used to go to was the King's Head 2 in Studio City, and that place was fantastic. It was actually a Tottenham bar. And we started showing up more, and then they had some, like, I think someone brought a knife or something, and they got kicked out. <laughs> oh, no, no, they didn't pay their tabs, so they got kicked out of that. <laughs> Where's <bar>. the knife <laughs> thing complaining with the... The knife was, like, another incident. I at, see, like, I see, yeah, I see. Yeah, another bar, apparently, so. 
Gotcha. So Tottenham LA fans don't pay their tabs. They bring knives into bars. Like, what are what are y'all dealing in? Come on, <laughs> figure your shit out. I don't know. That that's just like what I heard and did a grapevine, but. So it's. Do you feel like even from the early set on when you're um, introduced to the Chelsea Blues that do you see some similarities with supporter group culture now in LAFC as the different kind of factions of Chelsea in America were back then? In terms of what they yeah, were they, were, are there union? other groups in LA, other Chelsea groups, or is it just the LA Blues? LA Blues is the first and official one. Oh, there yeah. are obviously some <coughs> rogue people that started up their own groups. <laughs> um, it's just a difference of opinion. I feel like I got a lot of blowback because I'm not English. I'm a woman, <laughs> and I'm Asian. <laughs> like, what it's do I know? What do I know about English Premier League? Right. Right. So it was just after a while I was like okay I don't need enough I need I don't need any of this anymore I still follow Chelsea like Chelsea is my first love but like as far as being head honcho of the LA Blues I was like I'm gonna take a step like a step back because at the end of the day that club is like thousand miles away right so when I came into TSG and LAFC I was a little scared <laughs> we really, all were I was a little scared and. I was like, do I really want to dive back into this? Because I know all the expectations that come along with trying to build a supporter group, trying to get people to help you be accountable. Luckily, I feel like our group is so committed to the cause that it makes it a lot easier. Whereas with Chelsea, it was like, you have to wake up for like 6 a.m. games or 4 a.m. games. It's like, who shows up? It's a different beast, yeah. It is a different beast, but it's that whole thing that I got a lot with Chelsea when... I would engage with people overseas. They're like, just support your local. Why do you follow Chelsea? Yeah. And it's... it's Well, it didn't make sense. Like, people from, like, England or Germany or Spain or whatever, like, Brazil, they could tell you that. But, like, they... We didn't... We had something that we didn't want. Like, you can't make me like something, right? Yeah, I liked what I liked. I had no problems telling them, like... Why does my support bother you? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's funny is, I mean, how many times have you been over to England? I've been over. Yeah. The first time I went over was 2015, and, like, it changed my life, really. How so? How so? It's like when when you're a fan, you think, especially, t- like, a fan of a Premier League team, you're like, ah, oh, I go to the pub, I'm going to sing my ass off, banter, banter, banter. When I'm over there, I was kind of expecting that, like, people just singing off the bat, like, just having a wild up. The atmosphere is a little more subdued. And people in the pubs, they're just there to, like, meet their friends, have a drink. Mm-hmm. It was just very, like, more mellow than I expected. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, I actually kind of like this. Okay. And I've met a lot of people, like, just in the pubs. And every time I've gone over, they'll recognize me. They're like, oh, my God, you're back again. Right. Because yeah. they all go to the same fucking pubs over and over. Pretty much, though. It's like, it's it's... You would think that all these people, there's like what, Chelsea fits like 42,000 people, that everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that. Because there's like, people hang out with different groups. So when I see that with LAFC, it's completely different because LAFC, we are different groups. But when you see each other, it's like, it's so great. Because we are, we're building this community here that's so local to us. Yeah. I don't think anything compares. Yeah, and I think that's that's a transition that happened from season one to season two even more, is the first season, the groups were more all about, all right, this is our group, this is our identity, 
And now those walls have kind of been blurred a little to become like, yo, this is 3252. We just, this is who we do our watch parties with. You know what I mean? And you do have closer bonds with your group and, and all that, but the openness to each other and, and that, that's that's been the driving force of season two, in, in my mind anyways, for, for what's in the stands. Before I think before, we'll def- let's talk more about that topic here in a second. But I did want to, like, just, did you guys go to Manchester before? Never. Never? I have been to Manchester. City and United. What Sue just said struck a chord because going, for me, going over and doing the whole thing after you've been following it, it's like, I both liked it less and more. Like, there were things about it that I was, like, the bottom of the universe fell out because I was like, this is so whack. <laughs> like, this is so, like, I'm just talking about, like, the way... You know, the way British people support the sport, mm-hmm, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is, yeah, like, yeah. pretty whack. Like, looking on the balance of, like, global football. Yeah, there's, like, some funny, like, cheekiness and, like, now against musicality. But it's, like, it doesn't touch, in my view, like, what happens a lot of times in South America and Eastern Europe and plenty of other countries. Like, yeah. and there's this an extent that's, like, a spoiled, spoiled version. They've always had it. They, like, you know, originated it. And there's just sort of, like, this curmudgeon approach to, like, what it's supposed to mean. But I'll, like, never forget being in the first year of the Emirates, like, Thierry Henry scores a free kick to levelize against Newcastle after Newcastle had been up. And I hugged, like, the Englishman next to me, you know? I don't even know who he is. Like, I had scalped a ticket, like, three hours earlier because I was just, like, a poor student. I waited to the last minute to finally get in, so I just went went anywhere, right? Uh This is, like, pre... I was involved in, like, supporter group shows. This is 2006. And, like, it was, like, this guy wanted to kill me for, like, hugging him, for, like, touching him, you know? And I've been studying in Spain and, like, going to... Valencia, uh, with the Valencia games, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, where like people like celebrate and they're like, and I was just like, this sucks. Like, people are just like super whack. Like, and I would go to like other bars and like watch other games and like the the way they support it was super whack. At the same time, it was like, once you like kind of chill on it a little bit more, there is like like a more relaxed like, oh, I don't have to be so intense all the time. It's just like, it's just not what I expected coming here. Yeah. Um, and I think. In a way, had I never gone over, I don't think I would have had ever been open to MLS if I had always supported from a distance. Mm-hmm. Because in some ways, it was like it was better in my head yeah. than yeah. it was in real life. That Euro snot mentality, you know. No, but um, it did make me realize that a lot of like global football is very um, it's becoming a little bit too corporate, especially like the home grounds. I feel like for a lot of people that go over. Yeah, you As tourists, to it's like, oh my god, this is the ground, so I have to go. So, for me, if my future trips, what I ever plan to do, it's, I would always make sure that I follow a fixture that Chelsea's playing away. Yeah, like, I've I, heard that a lot. Yeah, I haven't like, been recently, so but I've heard that more and yeah, more. Yeah, away every year. away games are a different a different beast because I feel like the people that can go to these away games they have to be supporters, and you can only get these tickets through the club as being part of their membership or whatever. Uh, and certain grounds and certain teams and certain dates just have to be too obscure to attract, like, yeah, but you know, if I was me, flying in from wherever and it's my first time in England and I just want to go to a game, I'm not going to go to, like, Burnley. But those are the, the most fun. I know. I bet like, they are. I bet like, Stoke. Whatever. I went to Stoke, went, like, and that was, like, a lot of fun. The beers were so cheap. People were nice. They 
Yeah. You have this weird phrase where they keep saying duck. They'll call you duck. Duck. <laughs> like, you want to drink duck. <laughs> like, and like watching Sunder- Sunderland Till I Die. I don't know if anyone's ever oh, watched any of that. Oh, such a good series. Like, you have to watch it. That makes me want to go... To, to Yeah, to one of those grounds or go to like a FA Cup game away or to like a league tie. Like where it, you know, seeing like the main big fixtures in the Premier League, I just don't know how good you're ever going to find the atmosphere. Unless you're just like, I don't, I don't know, you're looking for a different sort of experience, I guess. But I'm kind of hearing kind of two opposing views on what you just said right now with the way travel is that because the homestands aren't, you've accepted that there is a expectation versus reality mm-hmm. when you in, go into the home game into yeah. the home games but there is still yet a pure like unadulterated version of support that is as raucous and crazy and not as mellow maybe mm-hmm. that's on the on the road so is that something that english football i mean that's it, from even me lurking on united forums it's like how do we get you know cheaper ticket prices so we can all have more away day travel support in the stadium away like, day tickets in england they're all capped at like 20 that's awesome 30 Incredible. or 20 but it's, it's capped like you could go to the most expensive stadium, but it's capped. For Thank you, Timbers, place. for your sixty-dollar tickets, by the way. <clears throat> that, which I think MLS needs to follow suit because, as traveling supporters, you're like paying for your room, your your flight there, yeah, you're, right. and to have the ticket kind of cost a bit more than your actual room and board is like, what the fuck? It's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Fifty-eight dollars is to me is like the most expensive right. ticket I've ever paid for a sporting event in a long time but as you're so as American supporters of an English team do you still feel like your idealized version before you went to Europe still exists in the way they travel yes. and is that something that needs away to be preserved day. yes as, and I, I think most people even in England will agree that away days are the best days which I think it, it kind of translates here too yeah and it's kind of funny to see like that parallel correlation here but the difference being the bank is still rad. The bank now. is still fun. Um, but, but, like, conceivably, in 30 years, if the league kept being this way and LAFC kept remained one of the better atmospheres in the league, Yeah. and if ticket prices got to a point where they were difficult for certain types of people to get there, maybe the atmosphere could dwindle, right? Or, and oh, the 3252 would revolt. No, oh. but, I, yeah, I know. I'm, like, speaking in, like, weird hypotheticals, but I've already decided that the next time I go to England to watch it's like there's Astrid no way later. yeah I wouldn't even bother with right, going right. back to one of the main states any of the main stadiums it's not just Arsenal I've heard it from every people who went to Old Trafford who went to Stamford Bridge who went to Old Trafford was Ugh. it's a beautiful stadium but sure. it was so quiet but when you to me I think the Man United traveling support is probably one of the best mm. right you were telling me that before they, too like the way their songs <coughs> are always original they know all their songs it's just I have a lot of respect for them right um, then it's Chelsea. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's tough because I see the support here and it's just, in a way, it's miles away. People don't want to say that it's miles away, but the way that we come up with songs and kind of make it our own is just, it's like a factory. It's like churning it out. Where's the mixtape, right? Right, right, right. There's just all these hits in the works, and I know that that's like the best is yet to come. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, even for this most recent away day in Portland, they did the first <laughs> low, 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 low song version of that. And I mean, I was I, I was at, we were at Barney's Beanery together. I was hyped with that song. And we're going crazy, right? Like, but to see it, I mean, two weeks prior and then to see it launch live 
at the away day, like it's it's it is it is this weird machine, but it not we because we're in it, we see the fucking blood, sweat, and tears that go into making something like that happen. You see the the asthma attack that I had in in, in the middle of the, the the damn circle while that was happening. So it's, it's weird to talk about like the, it is the best is yet to come because that's that's happening at watch parties every single SG does that stuff. Right? Yeah. Let's dive into that here after a quick break. Cool. Pee pee time. And we're back. So Sue was kind of telling us during the break just how, what it feels like to wake up at six in the morning, chant for 90 minutes, and how having a shared goal of cheering for a team a thousand miles away at six in the morning when no one else in the world is, is awake is, that feeling in itself is kind of like, you can't re- can, uh, replicate it, right? So I, I think I wanted to ask you just more on kind of the inner details of like, what your time was like as the kind of leader of the governing body of that feeling of a fucking president of LA Chelsea Blues and like what what you kind of felt like in that circle and how you led that team? Um, I mean, it helps that we it was like a winning season. Mm. When did you take over? So 15? 2015, yeah. Okay. And um, at the time, we had a pretty good group. But I think... With American fandom, it, it's tough because when a team doesn't do well, like, people kind of dwindle. Especially mm. in L.A. L.A. sports fans are kind of fickle. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> L.A. sports fans <laughs> are a bit fickle. Let's be real. Let's be real, though. All right, no, I just want... I'm glad we like, got that twice on the record. Because, you know... Fuck New York. I was... A, I'm a Kings fan, so, like, before they won the Stanley Cup, there was, like, this big build-up, and then they won the Stanley Cup, and then... They were doing so well, and then they won the Stanley Cup again, and then they kind of started having issues. And then, I'm like, when I go to Kings games now, it's like, it's kind of not as crazy as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. But is that also because of how damn expensive Kings games are? They they go down in price though. Oh, do they? Yeah. When they lose, right? <laughs> they Especially when you're losing, like the prices yeah, go just down. Just in general, oh, Kings they, games. They, they did get more expensive after they they won the Stanley Cup. Okay. Probably when I started going. But it's like Kings games you can get last minute for like twenty bucks. Oh, oh wow, okay. It's all about knowing how. Oh yeah, man. Lakers games on the other hand, it's just Lakers are just a hot market, so no matter what happens. and then with LeBron it's like Well the Knicks are shit and they're even worse with the fucking prices. Oh dude, the Knicks are But it's Madison Square Garden. I know, but the Knicks price is just mad disrespectful. I've talked about it a lot of times. It's a tourist destination, right? Yes. um, That's why they they can never fucking lower the price. It's just like the craziest cover to like the shittiest strip club you've ever been to. This is this but this is the same exact thing we were just talking about with Old Trafford and Stanford Bridge. These are all tourist destinations for people. The prices will never drop. And that's right, why a right. lot of people well, like the act real, like the your real stadiums fans. aren't tourist attractions too. Goddammit! No, that's what we were just saying. I just said Stanford, Stanford Bridge. Bridge. Oh, okay. Demerits is like expensive, but it's not as sweet as Old Trafford and Stanford Bridge. Highbury was. was. Yeah. I didn't get to go because it has no first, none of the history kind of things. It's just it's, it, it's new, and they take it's a it was the most expensive beautiful right. stadium. That's what I imagine. Okay. Yeah, and it was really really expensive. But it is a library. Yeah. It's it's like the way it's built isn't to create. Atmosphere. atmosphere. It's funny because it's like things happen in cycles, right? And there's a reason why I think 
when we have British people come to games here who like follow teams in England, they like love this shit because mm-hmm. they're like, oh wow, like it's almost like oh we forgot, like in some ways. Yes, like, it, 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 it could is be, that because like a lot of people that I've talked to that are English and they'll see like my stories, they're just like, oh those drums, those drums, and I'm like, come to a game and you will change your mind. And then you have people come here and they're just like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, awesome. I mean, there's layers to it, and in addition to this being just like a. usually a symposium on me just talking about tea and that's all I really want to talk about it's like I could talk about forever about like the layers you could peel back of like what she was saying like even the experience of like being in the bars at four in the morning like specifically on the west coast specifically with like certain groups of people week in and week out like being total maniacs Mm -hmm. and like screaming at the TV is almost like a better experience in a weird way than like going like in certain certain facets repetitively better um but what's been interesting and what I think is fun, uh, for like lack of a better word about MLS now, what you guys just experienced, um, like going up on the away days to Portland and like seeing it all new is like, you know, it's it's the chance to like to do all of this and create this stuff before it's like pricing people out and before it's like right. getting tired, whack, played out. There's like no real rules for what you have to do and you have all these different traditions you can pick from. And in many ways it's like, way doper than having to just like install a preloaded 120 year old operating system Mm. (laughs) that's also now being like over corporatized to like I would blow my mind if the atmospheres get better at those stadiums in our lifetimes as well like they're just going to continue to get like until a breaking point gets hit like it's going to stay the way it is I know there are like people like at Chelsea there are people who want to elevate the atmosphere you know they'll they're they'll make TIFOs out of their own pockets or, like, have everybody, like, donate. But it's just the songs and the singing. It's, like, there's too many tourists. Um, And what they have that's great, which is what, like, the Knicks arena has and the Lakers championships is, like, when visitors come here from other places that love basketball is they go because it's just, like, historical. It's just, like, cool to be there. So they get people to come, like, us and people around the world who go and they're just like, oh, you know, I, I, my dad followed totally. this team, you know, whoever. I remember watching Kobe, like, when I was a kid. And, like, it's so cool to be in the arena that Kobe played in. Yeah, yeah. And, like, take some, take some photos and, like, whatever. Right, right, right. But, like, the actual experience of it, I don't think it's, like, I would be surprised. But I, I don't think it's going to be, like, as special as they, like, might have thought in their heads before they came, right? Like, the actual, the, oh. the fulfillment of, like, checking off a box in your, like, to-do list of things that you always want to do is, like, probably gratifying. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't think it's, like... Well, so but like where you go to certain, it is, <laughs> it is like a little you, bit. You, you gotta go before. But, it yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, like here, going to LAFC games is like it's the opposite in in so many ways because you could take someone who doesn't know anything about this sport, mm. and they're gonna have such a good time at the game. Right. The sheer right. experience of the game itself, like forget the on field stuff, right? Yeah. Just the experience of going. Not even One of my yeah. favorite things to do is like, I love the chance to bring people who know nothing about the sport oh, or who yeah. know nothing about like. Maybe they're not even sports people. Mm. Bring them to a game mm-hmm. and uh, just, like, see what how they react. Yeah. Right, because right. it's, like, it's pretty interesting, right? Where, like, you know, and we don't even have that option because the sport isn't ha- doesn't have the same sort of history here. Like, there, you can't, you probably can't find someone, like, in England who, like, hasn't ever thought to go to a game. They're either, like, anti it or they're, like, yeah, yeah, I've been to games or my right, dad right. went to games. Palestinians right. will accept it because they, they're, they're trying to create that ultra atmosphere. Yeah. They have the so, drums. I mean, you touched on 
the kind of the hundred twenty year programming like that you have to fight when you're you're out here in in LA, you know, and just like trying to establish that. Like and Sue, you were you were kind of talking about before what it the kind of resistance you met as not only like a woman a woman but a woman of color trying to lead this team that's really strongly English in a lot of its cultural terms. Like how did that play into to kind of what what you were trying to do with Chelsea and how you're trying to lead LA Chelsea Blues. Because it is a history, right? That you it is a history there. that I'm like fighting against, and it's it's even when I would go to games away there, it's just games in general. It was just like, you know, people are nice because they think you're a tourist. Sure. And it's like, oh, what does this woman know? Mm. But then after a while, if they would see me, they're just like, oh, you're not just a tourist. Um, but there was just a lot of blowback for that, and it to me, it's like I'm a big person that like likes to ground hop I have a list of like all the stadiums that I want to go to and there's I think the original like 92 is something that in my lifetime I aspire to check off I'm doing that with MLS stadiums and I feel like there's a lot of places that I know I can't go to just because I think as a woman you're not you're not really accepted I guess Dude, like anything that was installed 120 years ago of an of an atmosphere or of, of an operating system, racism, like sexism, sexism, regional hyper regionalism, yeah, like this stuff is like installed there, in a lot of that stuff. A lot, it's like and, and they have and it's years of generations generations, generations of trying of like, to ever fix that, which I don't think they they will fix in my lifetime. This is all in England. This is all over the all ah, over the world. Not, but anywhere the game has been going on for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, like there are places that I would like to visit worldwide, like to certain stadiums I that I know so. I can't go to as a woman. Really? Because, like, um, where is it? Like, if I wanted to go to like a Besiktas game, I probably can't. Uh, um, there are places in Italy, like Napoli. Is it Napoli? No, Lazio. Lazio is the, a very sexist one. Like, the one that like came out and just like actively said like we do not. No, they want sent women in they our, sent letters saying like yeah. if you're a woman, please do not come into our section. It and it's supposed to be and the, on the whole defense, the whole defense is like this is this is guys' time. Yeah, this is like, the guys' time. Let the guys have it. And to me, it's just like I have to work against that. And yeah, yeah. Um, actually, at the last game for Pride Night, I met. James, what was his last name? He wrote the book, The Billionaire's Club. Mm-hmm. He read it. Um, but he was, he's actually writing another book, and uh, Sal from Lucky's was like, oh, you need to talk to this guy because, you know, you used to run the Chelsea Blues, and you're a woman at LAFC. Like, talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he was just asking me all these questions, like, you know, as a woman, how do you see yourself in this culture? Because <coughs> you're not accepted at all in some some parts of the world mm. and I was like he's like so would you consider yourself an ultra and I'm like I have to really think about that because to me an ultra is like the most hardcore fan yeah, yeah, yeah. or supporter of any club and I'm like man it's it's tough as a woman really and with happen. LAFC I see it as something different I feel like LAFC is is definitely breaking a lot of barriers and boundaries but as a woman, there's still places that I can't go to. Did that? Did Have you that, ever felt uncomfortable at LAFC? Mm, no, only because I know people. 
I don't know how that would feel to other people coming in. Sure. Have you guys ever been told like by anyone that they felt uncomfortable or something at LAFC? I'm just curious. This just I, I haven't personally. I'm not going to strike that that, that that doesn't exist because that's not my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, in my my uh, my own memory, I, I, I haven't had that um, issue with the friends I've brought in. But it's, it's also because it's, I brought in female friends who are accepted in section because they know they know a face, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I think we're. As far as we can tell, here we're we're doing a decent job of that. Did you, see? Did you feel that kind of um, that global like, there is this kind of vendetta or agenda against you know woman leadership when you're leading Chelsea Blues? (laughs) We're here for this. Yes, you're really here for the team. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yeah, like it's a given. Like even (coughs) when I went abroad to like games, it was just like. You, it's like the ratio is like pretty astounding. It's probably like ten to one. Yeah. Hmm. So first, they're surprised to see that you're your leadership. Yeah. And then they meet you with that kind of. Yeah, not as many families. Like, is is that part of it too? Where? In when you're abroad. Abroad, no. There's like a family section or whatever. Uh-huh. There's there's generational, gotcha. like ties to Chelsea. But women wise, I feel like there isn't enough women supporters, and if there are like women fans, you know, they're, like, overly, like, sexualized and, like, they don't really know about the sport. It's yeah. all about they're, they're their physical They're there for the experience. insta moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about clout. Yeah. And it's not to say that, like, there aren't, there's not women in other places in the world. When I was living in Medellin, going to the Atletico Nacional games, uh-huh. I'll never forget how, like, stunned I was to get up into, like, the deep and the thick of it where it was, like, like tons of women and it was just like a, it was like the same ratio at like a nightclub like it was just like everybody was in there and that ratio was, was getting never after good. it <laughs> oh okay a ratio in a good nightclub okay. in a well balanced <laughs> nightclub um it was just like yeah like really beautiful. welcome and there wasn't that a lot of beautiful. like yeah I want to like, see that everywhere and it, Medellin was much better than Rio and Rio had that a little bit but like there was also just like the fear of like over South American hyper masculine like groping like to worry about right like and and you could sometimes just see like dudes that are too fucked up just like like pulling girls hair and like just like trying to get their attention yeah, and like doing and that like but I didn't really see that in Medellin as much and the numbers were higher and Argentina would be like one in my experience uh, a game like Boca Independiente like it was like one more layer so they're like maybe would be a woman but she would like definitely be with her man and her man would definitely be looking out you know gotcha. but I my point is that like the case in England and the case where, like, I would say in Europe, I think some of those traditions are even, like, more deeply rooted uh, of, like, whackness. And I do think that, like, for all my Euro snobbery that has existed in the past and just, like, being a fan of the game that's on TV, on the cultural side, anyone who's interested in the cultural side of this sport beyond, like, a superficial or, like, I watch Green Street Hooligans once level... (laughs) You, I've watched you can't once, you yeah. can't not be Three excited times, about maybe. the potential that place that leagues like MLS have, and it's not just MLS. It's probably the K League. It's it's definitely like Chinese Superliga. It's probably the J League. It's probably the A League. Like Monty has talked about on this podcast, any of the places that are starting like a little bit more from scratch, where the sport's not dominant and there aren't the need to like knee jerk ditch themselves and just go towards like what all these other countries have been doing yeah you have like a really awesome opportunity to create something new something that in fact like could be 
better in some ways atmospheres than these other places, even if they're not like as bananas, right? Um, or on the same scale. Right. But like that to me, that's like the most exciting part about MLS culture. And yeah, it's still <coughs> got a long I ways think, to go. I don't, but. I don't know the stat, but it said like I think the percentage of women that support MLS is higher than men. Could be. That's pretty dope. Really? It is. Yeah, that's why. And I mean, you know, different cities and different clubs are going at different speeds for sure. But just even the fact that, like, one of the big conversations that erupted, it seems like after the game was like, we have a women's team and you don't have a women's that team. Was, and like, like the stupidest take I've stupid, ever read. Stupid, but, like, also kind of cool that that's even, like, part of the conversation, yeah. in my opinion, because, like, okay, not cool. You don't think but, we want a women's yeah, team? Exactly. We're going to get a women's team. Yeah. No, Shout out no. to me, um, please get us a women's team. Well, that's a, that's a good segue <laughs> into, like, talking about you guys' experience in Portland. We don't usually, like, break down stuff on this podcast, like, recap to recap. <laughs> But I'm sure that this Portland away day will probably live long in LAFC legend, so I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about it. Um, Sam and I weren't there. We both had other things going on. Portland we watched from Sam. afar. Portland, um, Sam! Portland, do you guys! But uh, tell me, tell us, uh, like so a little bit about your experience. Do you want to give a shout-out to your, your house real quick? Oh, okay. To start off? Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to our Scissor Sisters house. <laughs> <laughs> Those tigers and sex balls. I, um, she was making an obscene gesture with her with, with yeah. her hands right now. Just, 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 just. <clears throat> Scissoring. And th- this is what the expo It's very bondy. It's so bondy. You know what I mean? So I, I see the bond. What, what made you want to want to just bunk with all all uh, all girls? Well, um, we Josh had, is just sad that he wasn't he wasn't a part of this house <laughs> he wasn't a part because of this house. house it was like it was a good house. Um, Which we talked I just about like to it say because my, this was Myra's away away day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Up, Myra, no no voice. husband no husband and no baby. <laughs> I love Ezra, but this is her time to like have fun and we wanted to kind of get a house where like it would just be the ladies and. No pressure. Well, I think that's amazing. We kind of talked about like getting like a masseuse and someone to come to nails, but we're like, yo, okay, we don't yeah, look sounds at that. like you a Craigslist ad to me. Do, you can do a girls' weekend away to go watch an LAFC game. I mean, yeah. that's can you imagine? Cool. Can you imagine like any like? Yeah, we're gonna go watch the Red Devils in Istanbul. Like this guy with the with the lasses and like it's just <laughs> not. <laughs> you know, that just doesn't exist. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like I'll, you know, I'll eat my words if someone could like shoot me a shoot me a text of like six girls from Manchester who like went to some away day and like had the experience that Sue's talking about. Anyways, I go wish on. they could. I that wish they could too. That'd, that'd be great. Totally could. That would be amazing. But, I just don't but Portland was just we wanted, especially for Myra, we just wanted to have fun, <coughs> and we did. Bought bottles. Mm-hmm. By the way, that whole, like, Portland, New York, having to buy alcohol at liquor stores instead of the market is so whack. LA is just the best place to live. It's it's so bad. I was like, I'm at a market and I can't buy liquor. This is so weird. The liquor store closes at 9, by the way. Which is <laughs> even worse. It's ridiculous. Both of you guys' first time to Portland. No, this is not my first time. You had been. I've been before, but I, w- I went, like, on a beer, Pacific Northwest beer tour, but... First time to the stadium. Yeah, first time to see you. Sue is basically an English white boy stuck in an Asian girl's body. <laughs> I like checking off stadiums and beer places. What? what did you yeah. <laughs> All right, tell me that's not an English white boy. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Is, what? What did checking off um, Providence Park mean when you're before you before you did it? Like, why? Why did you want to do it? I just want to do it because it is an MLS team, obviously. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But to me. Galaxy is not our like direct rival. Like Portland Timbers has always been something I want to like surpass in every way because they are known for like the best support, the best atmosphere, right? Yeah. 
and going <laughs> to their stadium, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't bring it as hard as I wanted them to. Right. Because uh, we showed out. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Black and gold. Yo, that, this was your first time, right, Josh? Um, I had done like a like a outdoorsy Portland trip before, but oh, never so like never trip, yeah. yeah, never like city city to be to be fair. And um, I think I, I echo what Sue said, where it's like I respected them from afar, and then I as one of the best in MLS, and I was excited to see what their supporter culture was, and I think I was a little, to be honest, I was I was a little disappointed on. Um, you know, the more reactionary kind of English style support that they have there. And I was reminded immediately of what Julio was saying on the pod when like he checked me and I was like, hey, 90 minutes plus is kind of like a global thing, right? It happens regardless. And so, because that's really where I, I came into LAFC as my first really um, kind of team that I supported like really, really heavy other than United. And he's like, that's actually not as common as you think. And so when we went there to Portland, I was like, I was expecting songs the entire, entire 90 minutes. And it was very much like, hey, if someone does something good, we'll do a song, or we'll do a song in the beginning, and song in the middle, and song in the end. We score a goal. Right. If we score a goal, we'll, we'll, we'll pop the smoke, right? Or do something <coughs> like that. And it just was, man, I I had been looking forward to seeing that, that atmosphere for a long time, and I love the stadium. The stadium is beautiful. Everyone's fairly nice in there. It's big, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's huge in there. And um, I don't know, just in terms of what I think I've come to expect out of supporter culture, being in LFC even for you know a season and a half is really that I want people to be singing the whole freaking time where you're gonna you're gonna get a side eye right and so if when that wasn't the case I was like I thought I thought you guys had to figure it out and and maybe there's something that they could uh, they could learn from us so I was lucky enough last year to go to Portland and I wrote the story about the Black Army like with that trip and the history of Black Army it's heart of LAFC stories you guys can find it online check it out if you got, if you got like a big nice chair you like to sit in for a long it's a read. long fucking read <laughs> um, but you know they ended up losing that game 2-1 but like people were stunned just uh, with the with the support last year and it was one third the size I think roughly like vi- like my rough visual estimation right. from what it was uh, this year just looking at how much of the section was 700 built. plus this year like yeah so it, it, I mean that like looked incredible but people had told me you know what I what I make a point to do when I do these sort of like away support driven stories is I'll go to the other side yeah and I'll interview somebody I'll over there right in over there <laughs> hey. um so I'll go over and I'll I'll talk to somebody and like ask them what they think of the away support and you know we'll have a conversation about it, um, and they were like pretty impressed last year. They were already like, wow, like, you know this, this is like the first year of this team. You know every, you know et cetera et cetera. And and I think that like, you know just just building off of what you guys were saying, like <coughs> it seems to me that like LAFC has like several rivals, right? Like several rivals in different categories and like I think a rivalry with Portland was more about yeah like we want to and Tom Penn from the beginning mm-hmm. like do you right. guys know how he got involved with MLS he went to a Portland Timbers game and he was like blown away because he yeah. was working for the Blazers at the time and he and his wife and his family were all just like wow what is this they just didn't know you know and a lot right, of people right. and like you got to give them credit Portland for 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 setting that tone oh, I sure. think yeah, no, I, earlier there on is like respect there yeah for sure and I, and I think like a lot of people in the LAFC community like yeah. know that and like you know get it yeah, but, there like, would be no but, like, disappointment without respect but Port- yeah but Portland's like a definitively like different place so like the support's gonna look different um, yeah. and I remember sure being is. there sure with is. with like you know for that away day last year and there are like a lot of a lot of stop gaps um, between songs and there are like just certain other types of 
motions that are like distinctly like Portland and weird in like their own way. Like they're like, I think they do like a version of the Beastie Boys girls, but with goals. Like goals, all I really want is goals. Like I didn't you know? hear that. So they have they have like their own thing. I, right. I think that that's cool. Like the anytime you're like you're like, yeah. you're like oh, sure. you know doing it, but so I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't think you can look at anywhere else in the league that LA that would have been a better LAFC rival to go towards in terms of like support and atmosphere right uh-huh. like I do think unfortunately Josh to let to not let you down I haven't been to all the stadiums in MLS but I do think that that was the place where you would have or should have been like wow like, you should have yeah. yeah I feel like we both should have been wild there right. and we weren't and which was kind of disappointing right. because I thought dang this is their home opener they're gonna really show out for us and they didn't <laughs> I yeah. was like okay it's like did they not care enough about us yeah just kind of want to show out and the stadium was packed right it was the full stadium capacity was packed. yeah it was like supposedly sold out but, but it just it just it, it, it didn't I it didn't, wasn't it, 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 it's not even about singing for the full 90 right it's, okay. it's about that like feeling that you have in the stadium there was nothing about that space that i fed off of other yeah. than our section because mm. sure. our section was it was loud, it was raucous, it was just fun, there was beer everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, um, much beer. so much beer. Yeah, the, the seats kind of sucked because when we were trying to do Jump Rally Football Club, I was like... Yeah, everyone talks about they got banged up knees like they gave blowjobs all weekend. Yo! <laughs> and I think, I, I mean, I think some of the, some of the reciprocal, like, resistance to, like, you know, whatever, like, online things are online things. From what I understand, most people had a good time, no major incidents. But no, I think that, like, no any sort of, like, oh, like, you guys is only be- only <coughs> coming from a place of now, like, they do feel threatened. That, like, they're, oh, yeah. they're like, Last atmosphere. season, we lost, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, this season, we won. Yeah. So the attitude has completely yeah. shifted. Oh, yeah. It's true. It's, it's true. There are very gracious winners in there's that. There's some bitterness. Yeah. 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 And there were, there were people who came up to us in bars last year afterwards, like, you guys came out. You, no, did, no. you know, people like. And that's the thing, the though, because in person, there were so many people after the game who were giving us props. They're like, oh, that was a good game. Right, right, right. They're like, fuck Trump because of that stupid flag that flew there. Fucking stupid. But online, they were just like super savages. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's easy to be bitter from when you're sitting at a keyboard, though. Of course, of course. But it's just kind of like. Let's right. not feed the trolls, guys. Oh, no. I, I like the hatred. I know you like it the hatred. hatred, yes, it's Haterade, fun yeah. to a point, but don't don't feed it. Don't cross the line. Don't yeah. feed it. Oh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I'm only, only when I'm in a bad mood will I just jump in there. And just like a <laughs> PSA, if a person has less than 50 followers, do not engage. Shout out Mark Rojas, who gave out that, <laughs> that PSA this morning. I'm telling you, they're, they're trolls. They should That's have more what, than 50 followers to actually... The one so, thing that was cool about the city of Portland downtown uh, the whole weekend was that and this is something I will continue to respect about uh, Portland and Timbers, is like, everyone was decked out in green. Like, oh. the whole city was decked out in green. They were excited for this event that was happening. It meant more to, it felt like the city than it was just a sporting event, right? And so, like, even after the game, before the game, like, people, you know, people were ribbing us a little bit, but even after the game, like, guys were, like, in business suits were like... They um, loved... Okay, yeah. the economy, that was a big economy boost. Oh, for sure, man. The Are you kidding me? 1352 knows how to party. Yeah, we come and treat your town right. I mean, not right in... We uh, will spend money, yeah. and that no sales sense, tax yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> Jesus, they got, they got a bu- big bump from that weekend. Hey, favorite favorite memory from the weekend, apart from the result and things happening on the Wait, floor. didn't they run out of beer? They run out of beer at the concessions, yeah. <laughs> they were ready for freaking yeah, I don't the think, black I mean, and gold. And it was craft beer, though. It wasn't even, like... 
the chibi beer, which is man. why the beer was so sticky during all those beer showers. Oh, man, that's gross. Favorite, I just favorite don't moment? understand how there's, like, an endless flow favorite of Favorite moment, guys. Favorite moment. Okay, this is a cheap one because I will tie it into the results. So after we won the final whistle, it was eight minutes of stoppage time, y'all. Some bullshit right there. After the eight minutes passed, and we finally get in, and like this is after a full like fifteen minutes of booing Vela the whole time, and oh I was God, getting so upset. I was like, how dare you fucking come at our man right there with his hair, with his headband? I love it. But um, after we won, and you know we're supposed, we are held in our session for half an hour to forty-five minutes after the game. Man, I just had this. Shit eating grin, uh, like from ear to ear, just like knowing for a fact that we left a piece of fucking LA on that field forever. Like, that's that, that'll be known forever that we give them the first loss. And it began, it made me really think about even all the first that we had last season was like our first win at the bank and Seattle, yeah, our first win at Seattle. And it's like these are things that we will have forever, forever, Sam, forever. <laughs> we will have this with us. Do you regret not going? Well, I, like I said in the beginning of the pod, I did have a bit of a gout flare up, so I'm, I'm a little glad I didn't book it. Don't cheapen this. Don't cheapen this shit talking. But you, you do regret it. Like, yeah, I, I was sad as shit. I was watching, you know, once you see all the Instagram stories, like, man, it, it was, it, it felt a little bit like Seattle. Like, Seattle was a little more emotional. Cause, you notice like, how much they tagged you in all these posts. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> what, was your, what was your favorite moment? Um, It's tough because other than the win and having so much fun... With that little victory dance, Deej. Oh, Deej's victory dance. Describe us. Describe for us that don't know the victory dance. Um, you guys will see it on Twitter. Follow yeah. us on LAFCTSG. Deej was, was definitely trying to. He was do doing it. the Vela victory dance, which is the the baseball. Baseball bat. Well, with a little bit of drunken mess in between. That's so funny. A little yeah. Bobby Schmurda in there. He was compensating for your absence there. He was. He was. He was. He was. But my favorite memory was definitely the night before on Friday night. Um. What'd you get into? We all went clubbing, I think. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> I was outside. You came way late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the $10 cover was pretty just cool. Where, where was it? Where did you go? Um, first, we went to this place called District. Jimmy got us, like, some vodka. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, your belly, you, Jimmy. Jimmy. Hey. And then, I walked out on that tab real quick. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> no, he got us those bottles. Oh, that's the plug. Yeah, Jimmy's um, the plug. And then we went to um, Splash Lounge. Um, Cuervo's had gotten a table there, but Expos were there. We were all there. It was just a lot of fun. And after, after you and guys like, had walked like, out, let, let's oh be real. God. Like that was the one place where it was not so white. <laughs> <laughs> there were like, it was like the good music. Was it on. was Samoans, black people. It was just like good music. Like I was chilling, and then when City Girls came on, I was like, oh my god, I'm going to dance City Girls. But it was just so much fun because it's like we don't get to interact as much like individually as groups. But away days. Away magic. days are the best days. Away days are the best away days. Man. On that note, let's take one more quick break. We'll come back with a little bit of tea, a little bit of talk. I we cannot wait for tea. And we're back. Planes buzzing overhead. Tea pouring into glasses. You already know what it is. <laughs> I know what you're thinking when I tell you that we're drinking Phoenix Oolong again tonight. You're like, damn, they always drink Phoenix Oolong. <laughs> but I encourage you, check out the world of Don Song Oolongs because there's like, there's like 70 different 
like avenues you can travel down just within this one small oolong tea family travel from Guangzhou province road. and they're really different and age ones are different than newer ones there's one called duck shit fr- fragrance there's one called <laughs> like orchid this one's city gates which i fuck with super hard only the 2018 one 2017 wasn't as good but go see my <laughs> go see my lady e-man she doesn't give me nothing for this she doesn't even probably know about soccer or podcasts Tea Habitat, Alhambra. We're fucking hitting <laughs> Tea it, guys. Habitat and Alhambra, oh, baby. So you just flip it, Sue. Mm-hmm. And then you got your tall ones, your smell cup, small ones, your drinking cup. And if you want more tea, just put your cup towards me and I'll pour you up. This is amazing. I've been like dying for this. This is like my favorite segment. So I love teas. We were just talking in the break, as we usually tend to do. The conversation of how you met Ben Chi came <laughs> up, who coincidentally was our last. Ben, 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 Ben. So Ben is a big Manchester United fan, right? Hey. Here. Good energy. And so (laughs) we met through social media, actually. We met on Twitter. Yo, you lived a lot of your life on Twitter. I I like Twitter has brought like amazing, amazing people into my life. Hmm. And fortunately, that is how I met Ben. How'd that happen? Because. I was obviously talking shit about Manchester United. <laughs> and he was talking shit about Chelsea. And then one of our <coughs> mutual friends was like, you guys need to meet each other. And that is how it started. That's hilarious. Like, we would just started talking, and then he was just like, what the fuck, right? Because here's this Korean girl talking about soccer. <laughs> and for him, it's like, if you're Korean, you should be supporting Manchester United. Yeah, I could so see Ben getting into I that I feel like bag. that was his, like, what the... He, that was probably his whole thing. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, he was probably disgusted by you. And he, tried, <laughs> he was trying to, like, make me into a Manchester United fan, and that did not happen. Um, but, like, we... That's how we started, like, talking. And we would actually meet up for games. Like, whenever Chelsea and Manchester United played, mm. we would always we'd meet up. That's dope. We still have not done that together. All TSU members, Chelsea United games. We need to. I've invited you guys to yeah. them, but, like, the timing has been off. But hopefully not. By timing, we mean the games start at, like, 4 and 6 a.m. Or they're, like, a week weekday match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was it like meeting Ben in real life after talking all that shit on Twitter, though? I was like... And meeting a fellow Los Angeles person who's fucking obsessed <laughs> with this shit. It was definitely refreshing. Mm. Yeah, because... This, the game definitely wasn't as popular, like, back in those days when you guys... How, how long ago did you guys meet? Seven, eight years. Okay. So, yeah, it, was, it wasn't popping like that. It wasn't, like, culturally as, like, influential as it, as it is now, but uh-huh. I think with Ben, to me, he was just, like, this totally different Korean person. Yeah, he is different. <laughs> no, because, like... All my life, I hung out with, like, Latinos. I hung out with, like, all these, like, different people. Not not so much Asian people. So, like, to meet Ben, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Ben, and that's how it brought me to TSG. But where did you grow up? Where did you, when you moved to the States, where did you move to? What's, um, your, what's the rest of your L.A. story here? Like, 4th Avenue Pico. Mm. I was, like, predominantly Latino. I went to Pio Pico Elementary School. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, like, most Koreans at the time, they all probably went to John Burroughs, JB. Mm-hmm. But not me. Mm. And then I moved to, like, Hollywood-ish area, so I went to this middle school called Lacan. Uh-huh. Not many Koreans at all. 
I was probably the only Korean there. And then they, most of my friends went to Hollywood High just because of, like, the whole regional whatever. Yeah. And I went to Fairfax, and that was probably, like, my, my first encounter with a lot of Koreans <laughs> at Fairfax. Is that where you met David Choi? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, TSG designer David Choi. Through all of that, like, how is this sport coming in and out of your world apart from Chelsea? Like, obviously, you're watching World Cups, but, you know, what what's, what's going on in your footballing universe at the time? Are you going to, like... Fairfax high school soccer games are you just like a total maniac or are you like no like even Fairfax soccer it wasn't like that our big thing was football so I wasn't like really into it and like it was just like my whole like kind of like my own little secret world of Mm. trying to follow the Premier League at the time because I started meeting a lot more Koreans it was just like oh my god World Cup let's get excited it was like 2000 was it two the next one after that six six right and that was, like, when I graduated high school. But that's, like, when I had friends, we would go to bars illegally. <laughs> 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 we would go to bars, like, after hours and just watch the World Cup. What, what's your favorite uh, Korean soccer memory? Not O2. Not O2. Isn't everyone's O2? It is O2. I feel like every Korean I've talked to is O2. That was a big one. Of course. But I just remember, like, in 06, after you graduate high school, it's just, like, everyone has that summer off and everyone's going crazy. It was just... There was one game, I forgot who we played, and it was at Radio Korea. Just, it was just fun. Incredible. So you, when, when we were off the pod, you guys were talking about potentially, you know, u- utilizing, you know, some of the things you've, you've experienced at LAFC, trying to, like, put some of that behind, like, the Korean national team here. Um, ex- ex- explain more. Explain more. Tell me. Tell me how it's like inspired that idea. Yeah, we know, talked I've, a little bit about it with uh, with Ray when he was with on. Ray, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never been around so many um, Koreans who love this thing as much as as much same. as I do. And so, like the energy when you have that many people passionate about the same thing, you you think about what's next, right? And um, Radio Korea keeps on coming up because it's such a huge gathering of people, and it's literally like from the very well you know like they have their Premier League allegiances they know the game pretty well inside out they, they played it a while to like old ass school Korean people who like think they know and yell at the TV and like <laughs> think they know tactics and shit but they don't really know and so you just have this gathering of like thousands and thousands of people and but you realize it's not like that very well organized the way that other um, other countries have their traveling support and Ray brought up on the last uh, when he was on the pod just about um, the Red Devils official national team supporter group um, and like the way that he saw that they could improve especially with um, Koreans who are outside of Korea and so I think that's become like uh, that's become a really really interesting idea in terms of like we see soccer culture and we see football culture happening and evolving every week week in and week out from what we do on the daily so like how do we take what we've learned here from the very strong Latino, Latin American, Mexican, and Salvadorian support, even Costa Rican support here, and 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 take the good things of it and translate it to Korean support? And so we've been kind of targeting after Qatar the the Asian Cup, which is they just announced the site would be in China. And would that be? Um, wouldn't that be freaking crazy if there was an American-based Korean supporters group that went out there and like you know, participate with the chance, but the same way that I think when Mo and Jimmy were here last uh, last couple of weeks, they were talking about how they were, you know, they were actively trying to make 
what um, the Bible 76 and what, what they were trying to enhance what um, American Outlaws were trying to do for so long mm-hmm. and so like not, I don't want to say the blueprint is there because it's like the, when you go across cultures it's very much different but I'd say like man we, I've been learning so much and exponentially so from every single week of, uh, of LFC games about how we can improve support and definitely so, like I think that's a correlation I see with like the way I handled the LA Chelsea Blues and LAFC, it was just organizational-wise, it's just light years ahead. Light years, yeah. But it, it all depends on who actively wants to help Yeah. and be a part of it, right, right? right? So it's just like, for the Korea national team, I feel like if everyone's in it, it's going to work. Exactly. So, but everyone has to be fully in it. It just can't be like, hey, this sounds like a really great idea. I'm going right, to... Right, but right. I mean, at some point, if it's like, if it's the right... If the honeypot is open and enough, uh-huh. you could say, right? Like, you're going to get the attention you want. It's, it's, the, it's the same thing we were talking about just now off the pot, how there's like all these LAFC, like, fan pages starting up in all these different mm. countries, right? Like, something it just happened, right? Like, it wasn't as if anyone called, like the guy in Uruguay that's running the LAFC Uruguay thing, like, yo, you should, like, you know, start this thing. It's no, it's, there's no, like, at some point when that core happened and people saw it and they just felt some type of thing. Right. Like, if you had that core group of uh, of an idea going, it wouldn't surprise me. And we're at now in a time where, like, shit, like, yeah, we all followed, like, some team that was thousands of miles away. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no rule book and everything's, anything's, like, possible if it were done correctly. And, like, you could sort of, like, create a movement the way the LAFC did. And like things could things could spur, you know, whatever size that is, and you know, however it's intense, I'm sure that you guys would know better than me. But I think it's totally doable. Yeah, like, and I think that's what's really, man. I you just start to kind of like, it has to happen organically, right? And I think that's what's happening already. So right, and so all of us, we're we're kind of in the generation of the O2 World Cup, and so we're inspired by that. We're all the inspired dream and hope about what a Korean person can do on the global stage, right? And we were like, showing that's possible. I really think, I and I'm hoping to death that like the last Germany win can spark the next generation of kids coming up, of Korean kids coming up and be like and Son, dude, and 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 what Son means to the global stage. Like, it really is. It's incredible in terms of like how much you know. <laughs> yeah, and Sue, 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 Sue has like an evil smirk on her yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. I love Son. I do. You do love Son. I love him. I want him to win. I just want Tottenham to lose. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like even that last goal, right? That last goal I remember from the rest of my life, where it's like the first goal was kind of like it was all over the place. A defender yeah. scored it. The second goal was they took a defender nicked the ball off of Manuel Neuer being an absolute idiot, and then they fucking shot it way upfield and Son running with out of nothing left. A billion miles down the field, down the down the pitch, like slotted it in with an empty net, right? And it was just such a beautiful sight. And I think that those are the moments that we'll remember for the rest of our life, right? So we're hoping that the kids who come up after us will be as sparked by that. And of course, we're, they didn't make a semifinal run, but it's they're so moved by that that they'll look to hopefully people like us at TSG who are trying to make this Koreatown, Korean American, Los Angeles thing really pop and say like. There needs to be more than this, because like for us, when we started, like there really was nothing here in there the states. There was nothing, but it's it's been amazing. Like with TSG, like you slowly start to meet pockets of like fans who are Korean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you, we didn't know you guys existed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, hey, we've been here. 
Um, I love that conversation because we, you, I have all the receipts. I'm like, we've been here and we've been going all out for not only the World Cup team, but under 20s that are going on right now, the Women's World Cup, which we'll, hold, we'll be hosting a, uh, we'll be hosting a World Cup uh, watch party around. Like, I'm really, I'm so proud that we're going on beyond just the men's national team because that shows, I think, I think an interest in um, in global global soccer and, and Korean football culture than beyond just the easy stuff, right? No, no, definitely. It's, it's been kind of like with Portland. I definitely appreciated what we have here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the faces of fans is, like, so representative of what the real fan base should look like, right? right. <laughs> what the city is, what well, the city looks like. Like, the city is just... What we have is amazing. The di- diversity is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And what was it for Lee when we did that um, Asian-American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thing. And then just seeing, like, all the Asian faces, I was like, wow. Right. This is pretty powerful. We might not, like, outnumber the 3252, but, like... They're, the We're presence there. of them, the right? The presence it's, was just beautiful, right. and, and it does like, take someone. It does take someone like like a Lee Wynn. Like to really a Lee Wynn, yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, hopefully, LAFC signs a crazy player, yeah. <laughs> and it'll like it'll what elevate it'll elevate what we want because I feel like Korean American support is here, <coughs> and we just need to showcase that. Exactly, freak. I'm, I'm inspired, man. I'm a, we're going to win this World Cup. <laughs> the, the O-Tours, man. The, the O-Tours, O-tours, yeah. O-Tours, man. But you know what? Oh, my. If, if the ladies make a run this World Cup. Okay, so, to, so here's, yeah. a, here's a question I'd like to pose to you. What if they play the U.S. in the semifinals? That's going to be so tough, but I'm going to go with Korea. I'm going to go with Korea. I'm like, with Korea. I love the U.S. women's I, yeah, national same. team. Be- like, amazing, powerful women. But it's like, Damn. These are like my sister. <laughs> like, let's do this. And Hell yeah. like one of them actually, she plays for Chelsea Ladies. G. The number ten for Chelsea Ladies. For G, like she's amazing. Like when I watch her, like I just watch games to watch her. That's incredible. Have and you have you watched the World Cup close fem- the women's World Cup closely in the past? Or no, not, not to this extent. I feel like I've How watched. About you guys? I've watched games here and there. Like you know, it's the U.S. hypes it up. Right. Yeah. And I, I follow the U.S. team. I follow some of the women on the U.S. team, like Sydney Leroy, I love you. Yeah, I love Sydney. Um, <laughs> I don't like Dom, but Sydney, you're awesome. Dom looked out. <laughs> uh, so I've never, I've like never, like, I've never followed the Women's World Cup fully. I mean, there's just already so much soccer. Yes, and even this yeah, summer, yeah. there's so, so many tournaments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little difficult. I, I don't think I was, like, against it, or I, at least I didn't feel like I was. Um, but this year feels like a little different because it feels like there's a lot of teams that could win, right. and it feels like the tournament itself it's, is now is like a lot of strong, like women, like footballers. Like, right? It, yeah. It's it's, it's now becoming because it's like so all of like the tired and you know tired complaints about like why people don't follow like women's sports in the past. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as relevant if there's a competition. If and, there's just one team that blows everybody up, yeah, mm-hmm. of course in any version of competition that's not exciting to yeah, watch. Yeah. I think it also but, helps, like, coming off the heels of the fact that the men didn't make it. Yeah. It's like, these are the women that are probably the most successful women. But, yeah. like, the German the German national team put out that ad. Did you guys see that? Oh, German, anything that Nike... There's just been, like, some, like, there's a lot of, like, subversion. And, and, and a lot of the European teams are now coming out with, like, women's teams. And the European leagues, 
women's teams are now getting much better, and I'm sure that the U.S. the, the U.S. league needs to like quickly do something, otherwise they're gonna lose steam. And I'd like to oh, talk like, to someone no, who knows no, more about English it. No, no, the English women's league is amazing. because what's happening amazing. is all the the men's coaches that can't make it directly into like men's teams and stuff, they're just going to coach the women's teams, yeah. and they're like using they all the resources F, and all yeah. of like the things that are already in place, the infrastructure that's already in place. They're just now taking the women's side of it seriously. So those mm-hmm. those teams are getting, you know, really good really fast. So it's been awesome. Yeah, it's great, I think, for, like, globally, like, the competitiveness of those tournaments, like the Women's World Cup. And I'm actually, like, I watched the whole preview, no, the preview like, but this show year, today, and I was like, it, This right. year, for sure, it's going to be so much better, I feel like. Yeah. The quality is going to be, like, insane. Did you see the the Nike spot? They came All in? the Nike ads this year have been amazing. Like they inspire me so much. And there's I'm also like, like the pol- I mean, there's like a political moment now oh, too. Sure. Yeah, and there's yeah, a, like globally, there's like there's like some resonance. I, I think that like it's, it's past too. Right? Yeah, it feels it feels interesting. So it's gonna be it, it's gonna be cool to yeah. follow. And, it's uh, gonna be fun to watch. Right. Yeah. Well, that took my own horn a little bit. Um, <laughs> the Nike ad, you know, the little girl in the Nike ad. Yes. So we actually just casted her in the Kia spot. And I, we were on set with her last week um, for two days. This little girl, McKenna Cook. Yeah. And um, we like saw the blonde blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, biracial. And then I just, I started in casting. And one thing Josh prides himself is, I see a star. <laughs> Josh, during party, like I oh, see a wow, star and I know. Wow, I see a wow. star and I freaking know it. And I was like, McKenna Cook, you're <laughs> a freaking star. <laughs> Told you, people from New York are douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for all for all of our FCFC listeners with a kid looking to get him in commercials, come to come yeah, knocking on Josh's door. Man. Honestly, it's not a bad route to go. Yeah, it's. Hey guys, that's creepy. Don't send pictures of your kids to Josh. <laughs> Actually, don't do that. Don't do that. Let's have an intro. But she was incredible, and she was like, um, I mean, she's a she's a child actor, right? So like, they're all very well rehearsed. But this one girl, she was like. She, she was like, I'm McKenna Cook. I'm really excited to be here. All that, all that. And then she's like, and then, and then we're like, all right, cool. What are you into? She's like, I was just on Junior American Ninja Warrior. It was freaking awesome. Whoa. I was going there. And so she was like, just doing like all these monkey bars and crazy stuff. And then she just, all the, that's the weird thing I walked away with. It's like, out of the 50 little girls that we saw for the, the one spot, all of them play soccer. And soccer, what and youth girl soccer here in this country is so strong, and they they plug it so hard. And I think I'm, and I think that's it. Speaks to it's a testament to what the women's national team is able to do because they win. Yeah, they win, and it's because that's supposed to be the sport that they really they really press and they really they really push hard. Like, in. like if you think of women's sports in general, that's probably the only sport that is successful. Absolutely, it gains that like globally, the, right, globally, right, globally. Like, hold on, hold on. Shout out the Korean woman in in golf. You know, Shall we? R- Rafa, Rafa hey. put a little highlight on that on his uh, Instagram story. No, that, but you know. like globally, globally, yeah, yeah. like soccer. Right. Yeah. Has Miss the soccer attention. wins. Yeah, Michelle Wee and Daniel Kang will be the first to tell you like they are Korean American women, so they represent the U.S. in everything. And I think that's it's an interesting it's an interesting vibe that the golf game and and, and more specifically the soccer game like when you have the system in place, man, it 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 can re- it it's a building system, it's a youth system, but man in a World Cup that we're about to see, like, that's, they're really going to shine. Like, even went on to the Nike store at the Grove here, and I saw, like, the USA uniform with, um, with three stars, and I was like, what are they talking about? I was like, oh, shit, like, this is, like, this is what they're claiming. I'm like, I'm, I'm for that, dude. They're three world-time champions above their crest, and I was like, yeah. that's freaking sick. It's pretty dope stuff, man. And Mia Hamm is our owner. I know, man. That's... Do you have so, no idea how sad I was to miss women's night for that? Ugh. 
Mia was out there for like close to 40 minutes on that capo stand. It was in freaking intense. So awesome. we might as well just go there and have the conversation then. Like, if LAFC got a women's associate team, I would be there. How, how, what, what do you guys think would happen? Sue's, what would Sue's the support, hand right on the support side and like outside. the culture side, like what would that? I think we would we would have it. Yeah, like the North End of, would some rally of, some hard. Some of the that. women in the North End are the most with it women that I have ever met in terms of football support. We would have that support. That's honestly, and, I've never been a part of that, but uh-huh. I think I I would gladly take. You would want to be a part yeah. of it, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Anything like, LAFC and especially, uh, come on. And a women's team. Yeah. Wow. It's just um, like. Like what Fern and Mo they're doing with the whole Mata. 76. Yeah, man. If we had a women's team, I think that yeah translates so well for us in the North End. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, Mo was talking about how special it was that they got to they got to launch Bada 76. At a at, women's at a women's game at the bank, right? And they're like, yeah. we want to show the women just a taste of what they we think they deserve. And like I thought, that was incredible. Man. Wait, were you guys there for Women's Night at LAFC though? Yeah, the well, the Wait, Women's Night or the the Women's no no Women's Night. Yeah yeah yeah. So like, I was watching it because I couldn't be there, mm-hmm. and it was just like beautiful because it was so well organized this time, right? Yeah yeah. But I want to see more of that like throughout the rest of the season. It's not just that one night. Yeah. But if we did have a Women's Night, like Women's Team, I mm-hmm. think. That that would translate so well. For sure. Like Absolutely. women capos and women tifos. The women tifos going on. Hell yeah. That would be amazing. I agree. We're but we're waiting. We're just waiting for a women's team. Yeah. I mean, and anyone in the thirty two fifty two, give the give them a reason to go to the bank to support our colors. I mean Yeah. They're there. They're showing give, them up. A, give them a reason for a carnival and there'll be a carnival. Uh, carnival. Carnival. <laughs> Anything else, guys? I mean, I think... Where are we going? I think that might be it, unless there's other... I feel like there's stuff we're not scratching on, but... Scratch it. Like what? Let's scratch it right now. Scratch that shit. Josh, ask something you've always wanted to ask, and you've never thought the time was right. Sue, we, Sam, and I talk pretty often, so <laughs> we're talking before, like, damn, we, 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 we kind of aired out a lot of shit in the past, but... Um, we've been like all what? over the place today. No, we have been good. over all over yeah. the place. I'm like... Oh, the edit's going to be fun. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> this has been another episode of FCFC Pod. We appreciate y'all for hanging in there with us. Good day. FCFC. 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 FCFC.